Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. One of the very important topics that Seneca is going to approach at multiple points and from multiple points of view in On Anger Book One is the relationship between the emotion or passion of anger, ira, right, and reason or rationality, ratio. And I think it can be very, very helpful for readers coming to the work for the first time without a lot of background in Stoic philosophy to point out a distinctive feature of Stoic psychology, which is that we, our mind or our soul, however you want to think about it, it's not divided into parts the way that other philosophies often do so. So there's not like a rational part and then an irrational emotional part below it. There's the ruling part, the ruling faculty of our soul, and that is rational, but it can also be where the emotions take place. And these all, you could say, take up the same spot. They're roommates rather than neighbors, you could say. And he actually says reason and passion don't have separate and distinct dwelling places, but are in fact the mind's transformation to a better reason or worse passion condition. So, you know, when you're being more driven by passion, your mind itself is in that condition and it's still the rational part of you. It's just not functioning rationally as it ought to be. As a matter of fact, your reason might be seduced or subordinated by the ruling passion into doing something for it. Like you're angry, you need to figure out how am I going to get that bastard, right? How am I going to get away with this crime that I want to do to them without getting caught, right? That's still using rationality, but it it's subordinating it to some sort of impetus or impulse that we call anger. So the mind involves both reason and passion. And he will say, this is why it's so important not to let anger get started or really any other emotion, excessive fear, excessive desire. And so he says, the mind is not sequestered, keeping a watch for the passions as things external and apart so that it can keep them from going farther than they ought to. Rather, the mind turns into the passion. When you're feeling anger, your mind is literally anger, right? It's also rationality, but the anger is what's running the show. So that's a very important thing to keep in mind. He says, how will a reason that has been seized and overwhelmed by vices resurrect itself once it has yielded to anger? Or how will it free itself from a murky state in which the admixture of baser elements predominate? And so he says that we should ask ourselves this question if we want to put things in perspective. Is anger stronger 
or weaker than reason. And this is going to vary from situation to situation. But you can say this, if anger is actually stronger than reason, then once you let anger into your make up your mind, your psyche, reason is just going to be subordinated to it. There's really nothing you can do. And reason is not going to be able to call back the anger or reason with it or constrain it or, you know, make it work for the benefit of reason. Anger is going to run the show. Anger is going to determine the person. On the other hand, if it's, if it's weaker, if anger is weaker than reason, then reason doesn't actually need anger to get its job done, right? So he says he doesn't have to look for the weaker party's aid or, you know, what we're dealing with isn't really anger. It's something less than anger. He says, some people, when they're angry, behave consistently and can control themselves. And Seneca says, when? When do they actually do that? When anger is already at the vanishing point and is withdrawing of its own accord, not when it's actually on the boil, for then it's stronger. So, you know, and then he says, but surely sometimes even in anger, people let off those who they hate unheard and untouched and restrain themselves from doing harm. And then Seneca says, well, you got something different going on then, right? So if you've got a strong passion of anger and you want to hurt somebody, but you don't hurt them, it's not reason that is calling you back from that. It's another passion. So, you know, what's an example of this? He says, when one passion is collided with another and either fear, want to hurt that person, but I also don't want to get hurt in return. I don't want to get caught. So I'm not going to do anything about it. I'll restrain my anger. It's not reason doing that. It's the fear or desire right? You can be like, well, I really am angry at my boss, but I don't want to blow up at them because Christmas bonuses are coming up and I want to get a raise and I need a good performance evaluation. So I'm not going to say anything right now. Well, that's not reason. Again, that's another passion. So that's sort of like substituting one bad thing for another from the stoic perspective. That's not actually using reason the way that you ought to, to do the right thing. He says, anger has been stilled not through reason's favor, but through the passion's wicked, treacherous entente, which is an understanding, right? A standoff, you might say. Now, he also, a little bit later, makes some really important contrasts between reason and anger. And so let's look at each of these in turn. This is in section 18 of book one. He says, reason grants both parties time for a hearing and then seeks an adjournment for its own sake. So it has time to seek out the truth. Reason is not in a hurry. It wants to take as much time as is necessary to arrive at the right judgment. What about anger? Anger is in a hurry. And it wants to get things done right away. You know, you've all probably had the experience of being angry and you're like, oh, I got to settle this right now. Well, that's the way that anger tends to work. So that's one really important contrast. What about when it comes to fairness or justice? You know, distinguishing things rightly, doing things proportionately. He says that reason wants its judgment to be fair. 
So even if it's going to be not in my favor, if it's the right way to decide things, well, then reason will say, okay, I, you know, maybe give more of this good or accept more of this harm to myself, you know, or to the other person. Anger, he says, wants its judgment. Here's the key word to appear fair, not to be fair, but to appear fair. So it's trying to impose something that's actually not fair in place of something that is fair. Uh, what about relevance? This is another important thing. Reason keeps its eye solely under the matter, under consideration. Anger brings in as we say sometimes, everything, including the kitchen sink, right? As Seneca is going to say, anger is moved by empty, vain, irrelevant imaginings. And he gives some examples of this. Too nonchalant an expression, too loud a voice, too free a way of speaking, too refined a way of dress, advocacy that's too insistent, popular support, all these rub anger the wrong way. So anger is not just paying attention to the matter at hand, it's paying attention to all sorts of other things and it very easily then gets riled up and is ready to go on the attack. What about truth? Reason is motivated by truth. Truth is the good for the human being who is rational, right? That's what reason is seeking out, he says. Reason is, is looking for what is actually the case, but anger, even if the truth is shoved in its face, it fancies, it desires, and upholds error. It doesn't want to be refuted. So, you know, if the, the person who's actually being rational, if they're wrong, they're like, yeah, show me where I'm wrong and I'll change my point of view. Anger, or the person whose mind is angry, right? It doesn't do that. It takes the opposite position. It doesn't want to be refuted. When it's made a bad beginning, it takes stubbornness to be more honorable than second thoughts. And he gives a good example of this with this Gnaeus Piso, who is a particularly bad guy. And there's a, a situation where he should, if he was motivated by reason, by truth, by virtue, he should have done things differently. Instead, he's motivated by anger. And it actually comes at the detriment of his own troops who he treats very unfairly in this case. Then he goes on, Seneca, and he says that anger has this particular evil trait, right? It's something bad that he, he says. What is it? It's unwilling to be controlled. Literally, non vult regi, right? So regi means to be ruled. It doesn't want to have anything telling it what to do. And it's interesting here that Seneca is using language that has to do with the will. So non volt, it really does not will. It, it, it resists being ruled. It wants to rule itself. It wants to be in charge. Reason doesn't do this. Reason is willing to listen to truth. Reason is willing to listen to evidence. Reason is willing to hear other people's points of view. Anger, no, not like that at all. He says that it grows angry at the truth itself. If, and there's a big if there, if the truth contradicts its will. And again, there's that, that term voluntatum suum. Anger itself is a will or has a will. It's a volition. And if truth gets in the way, so much the worse for truth. He goes on and says, it pursues its intended victims with shouting and uproar, the whole body shaking with abuse and curses added to it. Reason doesn't do this. 
Reason will sometimes take action, like he says, should the need arise, it uproots whole households, you know, meaning that it kills people, but it does so silently, quietly, destroys families that are a plague on the commonwealth. It overturns the very dwellings and the clans that are freedom's enemies. And it does all of this without gnashing its teeth or tossing its head about or any other behavior unbecoming a judge. Anger is interested in doing what it wants to do, regardless of who gets hurt, regardless of how it looks. Reason is oriented towards what is necessary, what is useful, what is good, what is right. So two very different ways of behaving. And to come back to the where we started, Seneca is saying you're going to have one or the other of these because you have this part of yourself, the ruling part. It can be rational or it can be angry, but it can't be both at the same time. If it is angry, the anger is definitely going to predominate and the anger is going to get in the way of reason and behaving like a rational human being. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.